Hello guys, and welcome back to my fanfic readings. Now, it's been a little while, I must admit, but I've been a little busy writing some fanfic, and so now I have returned with new material and some old that we can enjoy. So I ended up writing this Inuyasha fanfic that is pre-Kikyo and pre-Kagome, situation um this is just for some backstory and our main character is an innkeeper who bumps into a mysterious neighbor and the misfortune follows romance is never far behind so if that sounded interesting to you feel free to relax chill out and enjoy the demons hunters pearl by the hooligan P. Chapter 1 Your feet ached as you walked along the streets, the sandy roads bucking with noise as people made their way. Horses neigh as merchants peddled their goods, but your eyes remained focused on your less than adequate home, fingers twiddling with the hem of your come back with a rag. It was so badly stitched, as it had been your first attempt to make your own out of an old worn kosare. The rice inside was enough to feed you for the week, and the fresh vegetables and fish would make a wonderful addition. You could drool, but a lady did not go out salivating over her next meal. Pretty lady, let me look at thy face. An old man yelled through the streets, followed by laughs of encouragement. You avoided the eyes of men who walked and called out for you, making a game of trying to get your attention. But you would not give them the satisfaction. Everyone knew this town was not a wonderful place to stroll at night, and unfortunately, since it was upon the land. The protective scowl on your face slowly melted as you could see your chipped beige stairs a couple of feet away. Rummaging through your overly long Akame sleeve, fetching your key, your home was fast approaching and you sped your pace, making the clouds of sands with each step. Your shoulder bumped into someone and your eyes immediately looked up, afraid of who you'd had the misfortune of meeting. A man said, whose voice tickled your brain and got a little jump out of you. You stepped aside, using your peripheral vision to see who was he. His features were obscured by a hood of long black silk. The only visible area were his amber eyes that flicked with red, creased thick black brows, and a hand balled into a fist. Nothing good comes from those who obscure their face in the darkness. Oh, my apologies. I didn't see where I was going. Sweat drops form dripping down your neck and your forehead. 
The rays of the twilight creating a purple shadow covering you like snow, cold, carrying death like a winter sickness. Your fingertips froze around your keys and your kumbaraku. Give me your back. You hesitated, but handed over, still bent at the waist. Walk with me. You waited, letting him walk ahead. Then you walked after him, holding back your tears, as that was your only source of food you had for the week. You followed the stranger, dressed in black. You noticed a large sword at his waist. You could feel the eyes of people around you as they stepped out of his way, whispering and exchanging looks. Who would save you? Even if you screamed, your fate was already sealed. If you ran with tired feet, you wouldn't make it far. But he stopped. And to your surprise, he stopped in front of your minuscule home. The familiar chipped wooden stairs that needed to be fixed. The stranger made his way to your stairs, standing at your door, creaking and splitting under his steps. He seemed to have known exactly where he was headed, as he had followed you home before. What are you waiting for? His amber eyes turned to you, looking down upon your figure. Thick black brows furrowed in annoyance. Oh, oh yes, kind sir. You said unlocking your door, but not opening it. More assistance? No, no, thank you. I have, you have been more than generous to a humble peasant. He handed back the bag and reached into his sashinoki pocket. Tell me your name. He demands. Your blood runs cold, unsure of what he had left to do with you. Politely, you answer. With a bow, hoping again to appease him with politeness. Maybe he wanted entry. Maybe he wanted more. His fist hovered, and you opened your hands, unsure what to expect. Your stomach nodding. A small stone lands in your hand. Inspecting the smooth stone, you realize that it was in fact a pearl. And then he turned and walked away. Your thoughts scattered. Your mind unsure of what would happen next. But the rays of light had left and the noise of the people were becoming louder. You watched out the window as he walked into his home. Unsure of anything anymore. Oh, is this to be my new neighbor? Oh, and I thought this place was dangerous before. Now I must really watch my back. You kindled your fire, but your mind raced, wondering what it all meant. As you made your dinner, you recounted everything that had happened. You walked around the home. You were harassed by strangers and bumped into another stranger who carried your bag and made 
people move out of the way and then left a small gift. You ate and thought about playing with the pearl, the exhaustion now long forgotten. The pearl was magnificent, unlike anything you'd ever own, glittering like a rainbow. Unsure of what to do, you fastened it into a necklace made of silver and you donned it with pride. What was his name? Oh, should I ask? Or maybe I shouldn't get too close. But I should thank him if I see him again. I mean, he is a neighbor. You laid yourself on a futon, not in the darkness and the sounds of sleep and a distant rowdy people lull you to sleep. The day had been a busy one. You'd spent it running around and working, sweeping and cleaning. And yet, you couldn't help but to think of that strange man. You had told the other maid at the end, and you both couldn't help but chat throughout your whole entire shift. The hours had passed quickly, and with the promise that if you ever crossed his path again, that you would describe him in full detail, you ended your shift. Satisfied with the day that you had had, you walked home quickly, only to stop by and buy two small bottles of sake when you could see a familiar smoky view of a veil swaying in the streets and you knew it was him his presence was ever so hard to ignore and it seemed that he brought a chill into the air shivers driveled to your spine accompanied with the thought that should he ever appear in your mind you walked behind him quietly hoping to observe him from a distance. He was graceful, his movements quick for someone so tall and clearly big. Not sure if it was muscles or that he ate well. The man then stopped and turned to you, his amber eyes frowned ever so cold, the space between you thick and heavy like sweetened cream. Oh no! How did he know I was following? No, no, he probably doesn't know. In a panic, you bow your head in respect. Kind sir. He nodded gently without ever a small smirk, his eyes falling onto the bottle of sake that you had in your hands. I have bought some sake. You have to enjoy a little bit of something every once in a while. You found yourself explaining, unsure as to why. It was probably all the nerves and the hairs that stood in attention at the back of your neck. Funny cry. You have no vision of what should taste me. I shall walk with you home. Come with me. Your face was hot, as if a fever was coming in the summer. For you knew that you had been caught, and there was no denying this. 
to do so was to call him a liar. And even if he had been wrong, which he was not. So, you stood quiet and you took your place behind him. But he slowed his pace to allow you to walk beside him. His hands swayed as he walked and he noticed his long sharp nails painted in the color of purple. That was odd. But he requested the bottles and you let him carry them, both in one hand. He was odd and you carefully inspected him. As you can see he hid purple jewels underneath his red Mujito due to the wind blowing on his black cloak. You wanted so badly to ask questions, your curious mind ever so eager with need. And once again, people removed themselves from his path, except for the men who eyed him, measuring him for no doubt nefarious reasons. Kind sir? You said quietly. Stop calling that. It's Inuyasha. No more kind, sir. Scolded. Embarrassment felt heavy as he strode. Continue. What is it that you wanted to ask? Well, I did want to know your name. You say your shoulders falling. But now I, I know. Thank you. Inuyasha's eyes shifted, scanning your surroundings. My apologies, I did not mean to be rude. I'm not so great at talking to people. His admission made you lower your head in apprehension. He was only human after all. Just not very approachable. But it seemed that he was attempting to change his ways. His house came closer and you thanked him for walking you home. No, I must see you go in. Inuyasha declared with irritability. You bowed, receiving sake bottles, and you ran into your little home. I know his name is Inuyasha. It's a little strange. I've never heard of a name like that. You said to your empty home. You debated internally how to thank him, as this was the second time he had been so kind, and although he was quite terrifying, his actions demonstrated a generous soul. So you grabbed an apron and began to cook. And with that, a small bento was made. You recognize that it undoubtedly wouldn't be enough to fill a man of his size, but it would be something that you could do to thank him. And grabbing one of your bottles of sake, wrapping it nicely in the cloth, you headed out your door. Your hands quaked in anticipation as you knocked on his door. You stand alone in the dark. Perhaps he had gone out for the night, and then a door cracked.
creaked open. Hi, it's me, he said in an awkward tone. Yes. You could not see inside as it was dark. His face only came slightly into the light, his amber eyes gazing confused. Here, I have made you some food as a thank you for your kindness. I know it's not much. No, that's very sweet of you. He interrupted, and more of his face came into view. For the first time, you can actually see his features. His face was delicate, with a sharp chin and sharp pointed nose, contrasted with the color of toasted ivory. His angular eyes and strong browns cemented the look of a dangerous man, but with plush orchid pink lips, softened at the edges, silver pinks that covered his forehead, becoming long whiffs beside the edges of his face. But how could this be? He doesn't look old. How is he great? Perhaps he's ill. Could it be why he criminally hides such a lovely face? His slender neck and a peak of his strong chest underneath his red kimono stated otherwise. A long hand reached out for your wrapped package. You could feel the snow melt between you and how badly you had wished you had not worn your old torn up apron. Your head swayed but you kept your feet grounded. Are you well? He asked, softer. He leaned closer, allowing you to see his golden flecks of his eyes. Gorgeously inhuman, taking a step back, you breathe deeply. I'm so sorry, I must go. You walk up your small flight of stairs when a crack splits the wood. Your feet fall through as you scream in agony, the wind torn from your lungs as a burning sharp pain brings you to darkness. You turned, feeling restrained. Your eyes opened slowly, the sensation of pain traveling from your foot to your hips. You're awake. You look around, your eyes are finding a monk, his violet robes and golden staff, black hair tied back, and a very friendly smile on his face. Ah, oh. hello, you say, looking around your bedroom. Inuyasha sat by your side, his black cloak untied and hanging loosely by his head. He was still dressed in his kimono. What happened? You asked. Those old stairs broke and you fell right through. So I brought you inside and I asked for a favor from a friend of mine to just check you out. Yes, so just relax and sister, I still need to check your leg. Oh, by the way, my name is Moroku, just in case. He knelt down beside her feet, checking her right leg, and then he moved it around. Any pain here? No, it's fine. 
He places your foot gently down back on the futon. As soon as his hand touched your left foot, you almost began to yelp in pain. Ah, uh, bear with me, maiden. He proceeded to move your ankle around, the pain almost feeling unbearable, enough to make tears spring from your eyes. It's not broken, but it is bad they sprang. I would recommend keeping off of it for at least a week. I do have some ointment you can use to help it out, especially with the swelling. That's all? You don't have anything for the pain? I guess she can have some of this. Roku handed the envelope to Inuyasha. These are leaves meant to reduce pain. Take only a couple and make it until tea. It should help. Thank you so much, but I don't have much money to give you. If there's any way I could be of service to help repay in any way, you say. No problem, Moroku said with a bright smile. Just bear my children. A blush flowered your face. Nor him. I will handle things. Goodbye, my fair maiden. Moroku had laughed and walked away. You couldn't help the little laugh that escaped your lips. As you laid back down, trying to get comfortable, raising your feet a little bit further in the air. Hey, I apologize her for you, the perverted little monk. Rest easy, I shall bring some tea. Inuyasha had called out. And then here you were again, surprised by his generosity and his sweetness. Yet, unable to understand why someone who could be so fear-inducing could be so nice to a complete stranger. There always have been moments of luck, but never someone who'd gone so far out of their way to assist. And yet you judged, and tears of gratitude slipped from your face, but you quickly wiped them away not wanting him to see any more foolishness from you today. Your tea is ready. Inuyasha called out, bringing your tea in a serving tray and setting it down onto your futon. Drink it all. Carefully and elegantly, he poured the tea into your cup, handing it to you. Thank you, you say, wiping the remnants of tears from your eyes. You sipped on your warm tea, letting the flavor and the smells relax your body. But peace was not really possible. <sighs> what am I supposed to do? I can't even go to work like this. How am I going to get paid? Or how am I even going to have someone fix the stairs? You hadn't meant to say it out loud, but the frustrations were mounting on one after the other. Don't stress yourself over that. I will go and explain the situation, and for money, I actually did have something I wanted to discuss with you. Your eyes then focused in on him, and he pulled your rental box from outside of his cloak. I really did enjoy the food, and I wanted to ask if you wouldn't mind cooking for me. I will of course pay for the labor and all of the ingredients. 
It was a great deal, but how selfish could you possibly be? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I just can't accept your offer. You've already done so much for me. But I don't even have to pay the doctor. I personally don't care about your reservations. I wanted you to be my personal cook until you can start working on your own two feet again. It'll probably take a while, maybe two weeks, and I won't take no as an answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. You laughed at his brashness. It was too good of a deal to refuse. So finish drinking your tea and go to sleep. If you had these for me, scream and I'll come to you. You nod. You have a good night and I'll see myself out. <laughs>